Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're back with a special episode. Uh, it's early July. We're halfway done with 2020. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> we're uh, going to look back and talk about our top five movies of the year so far. Okay, Ashley, so you're going to kick us off. Uh, what is your number five movie? Okay, my number five movie is Color Out of Space. Uh, this is a horror film based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. Um, it's about a meteorite that lands in this family's farm, and this family then finds themselves gradually infected in some way in their minds and bodies and in pretty horrific ways. So it becomes a very kind of garish and garishly colorful, then also kind of garishly (laughs) overacted and just really kind of a bonkers, fun horror movie. Um, Yeah, I I like to... It stars Nicolas Cage, giving him one of his crazy performances, but it's not too crazy. It's grounded enough that that I thought it worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that movie has certain things to admire about it uh it didn't quite resonate with me as as much but yeah it's a it's a a wild movie and Nicolas Cage has been kind of making a career these days of doing these really crazy performances and these crazy horror type movies so yeah Uh, my number five is a Netflix movie uh the half of it um it's sort of lighter fare um but I enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um it was uh written and directed by Alice Wu and sort of, I think, semi-autobiographical, but it's also kind of an update on the Cyrano de Bergerac story. So it stars mm-hmm. uh, the main characters, Ellie, uh, played by Leia Lewis, who you know lives uh, with her dad, and she's a high school student, and she's you know uh, really smart. And so uh, another uh, character named Paul, played by Daniel Deemer, asks her to um, basically uh, like write some. She ends up writing love letters on his behalf, to this girl that she likes. Uh, Aster is the girl's name. So, um, yeah. And as it develops, um, Leah, I'm sorry, Ellie, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of develops the feelings for Aster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Paul develops feelings for Ellie. And then I think Ellie kind of likes <laughs> Paul too. It, it's, just, it's, a cute, it's a cute movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did too. It's a really good kind of romantic comedy. So. Yeah. Very good choice. Um, so number four on my list is Shirley. Um, <laughs> and this stars Elizabeth Moss as Shirley Jackson, who was a famous American uh, writer known for her kind of strange and disturbing stories. This story is about a time when a young newlywed couple came and lived with Shirley Jackson and her husband while Shirley was um, working on a novel. And the story that it tells is very strange and disturbing. And I just really admired the way the the movie kind of told the story. It is kind of weird, kind of strange. Um, The performances, though, are all really good. Um, Yeah, and I I really like the set design, this house that they're in. Um, It had a really good feel to it, um, look and feel. So, yeah, I I really liked Shirley. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> maybe not for everybody. But. Yeah. So Shirley starred Elizabeth Moss as uh, the mm-hmm. titular character. Uh, she also stars in my number four film, which is The Invisible Man. Okay. Uh, one of the last movies I think we saw at the theaters. Yeah. Uh, a good movie to see at the theaters. Uh, it's just a really well done story um, about, among other things, you know, domestic abuse and and invisibility. Uh, <laughs> a good, it has a good score. Uh, it has some good direction by Lee Wanell. And Elizabeth Moss just gives a really good um, Sleeping with the Enemy-esque performance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was um, just well done, suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Um, so number three on my list is uh, End of Sentence. So this is um, a movie about a, a father and his estranged son. Um, they kind of go on a, a road trip together mm-hmm. to um, spread the ashes of the woman who was wife and mother to them. Um, you know, obviously they're strange. They don't really get along. There's some pretty intense, raw, emotional scenes between the two characters. Um, the movie never becomes... It always feels authentic. It never becomes overly sentimental. Um, I really admired that about it. At the same time, it was very, very moving. And, um, yeah, I was brought to, to tears at one point, at least. So, uh, yeah, really great performances from Logan Lerman and who played the... Uh, John Hawks. John Hawks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think we might be hearing about the movie again uh, here in a few minutes. But um, no, my number three film is uh, The Photograph, which we reviewed earlier this year. Uh, It was uh, about a young couple living in modern times, uh, Mm -hmm. played by Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. And Issa Rae's mother has... um, It's been a few months since I've seen that, but I think her mother just died, right? Or Mm -hmm. has... Yeah, and... She has a photograph of her. Mm-hmm. And then we see flashbacks to, I think, New Orleans from a few decades earlier, mm-hmm. like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And you see her mom and then the man who we find out is her father. And, and mm-hmm. although it's not terribly shocking uh, mm-hmm. of a reveal. But um, she ends up, you know, kind of trying to figure out herself and her past and her, her, who her parents were and what their relationship was like, and then trying mm-hmm. to figure out her relationship with Keith Stanfield. And it's, uh, I liked it. I mean, and I, I, I like, it, it, as long as it's done well, I like movies to kind of have a sort of a bittersweet shift back and forth in time. You mm-hmm. know? I'm not talking about time travel movies, but movies like this, mm-hmm. where you see things happening in the past and things happening in the present. Um, it's one reason I kind of liked uh, a, an oft forgotten now movie called Possession. Mm-hmm. which is based on the A.S. Byatt novel that yeah. I know you read. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has those elements too. But no, this one was really good. Uh, and, I, and I quite enjoyed it. I wish more people had seen it. Yeah, it was good. Um, I don't think I, quite, I liked it quite as much, as much as you did. And kind of, I kind of forgot about it until you, until you bring it up. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was quite good. Um, all right, so we're at number two on my list, and it's one you've already mentioned. It's The Invisible Man, actually. Oh. So... Yeah, Elizabeth Moss, again, makes her second appearance on my top five. Um, this time, yeah, she is playing this abused, um, controlled wife who manages to escape um, from that situation, only to be 
um, haunted by him as he comes back, apparently invisible now, and is kind of yeah, it's it's a very terrifying movie actually, very suspenseful, um, and I, it's smart though too. I mean, I like how this this invin- invisible menace that is now terrorizing her is a nice metaphor for the legacy of abuse, and so it's it's a it's a movie that manages to be fun and scary, but also kind of deep and meaningful at the same time, and great performance from Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Uh, my number two is uh, End of Sentence. And nice. Yeah, you, you said already a lot about it, but um, it's interesting, as we, as we discussed in our podcast for it, mm-hmm. um, it is in many ways uh, sort of your bog-standard um, uh, estranged you know, father-son story, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they go on a road trip and they bond, right? Um, so in that sense, it's kind of paint-by-numbers. But where the um, excellence lies in that movie is in the direction and the performances. Elfar mm-hmm. uh, Adelstein says the director. Uh, Michael Armbruster wrote it, but yeah, John Hawks and Logan Lerman just really bring it. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're excellent in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah Bolger's in it as well, who's sort of a kind of ends up being sort of a tag along and somewhat um, crucial to the plot, I guess. But yeah, it is um, just, I just, it's, it's one of those movies that I feel like is, is, is the big thing about it is the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like one I want to watch again yeah. and I'll probably, I'll probably glean more from it, you know, on the second viewing and stuff, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, obviously I did too. And what really sticked with me is the ending. I think I mentioned in our full review, I think it has the best ending so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one movie now okay. is one that's probably not on your list. It's The Vast of Night. <laughs> no, that is not on my list. <laughs> it's, I think, it released by Amazon. It's streaming on uh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And I just love the world that this movie creates and the vibe that it creates. Um, it all takes place during one night in a small town in New Mexico set in the 1950s. And just it centers around two characters. One is a as a telephone operator, and one is a radio DJ. They have kind of an interesting relationship between the two of them. The town is kind of feels very empty because everyone's attending this basketball game at the high school, and but strange things start happening that suggest maybe some kind of alien invasion might be going on, and so the two of them start doing some investigation, and. Yeah, I just I just loved this world and I want to watch it again and again and I'm just really impressed as a first time director and it was just a really good job at creating a mood and a sense of time and place and um, yeah it's maybe not the most original plot but just the way that it's told I thought was pretty fantastic so it's number one so far for me this year mm-hmm. for 2020 yeah, well, you're right. It's not on my list, but I, I'm happy that you like it. Um, so my number one is The Five Bloods. And um, I, it is one of the reasons I like it is, I mean, I, I just like it as a movie. And, you know, it's two and a half hours long. And I know some people have dinged it because they thought it could have been trimmed by a good uh, half hour to even an hour. I have trouble, and I'm not necessarily uh, on, on, on an objective level disagreeing with that. 
But subjectively, I don't know what I would trim. I liked, and granted, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie and there aren't some, you know, mm-hmm. iffy elements to it, but um, I liked almost every single scene. I thought everything, for me anyway, meant something or brought something to the story. And in fact, there's a couple characters I wish had been developed even more, so mm-hmm. I guess I maybe would have added more to it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from last year, which is another longish movie, but I don't know what I would cut from that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. It's a beautiful looking movie. Um, it's it's directed by Spike Lee, and the cinematography is by Newton Thomas Sigel, and it's just it is the first movie that we've seen in, in, in the whole quarantine or since the pandemic, you know, closed movie theaters down, that I've seen, and I'm like, well, this is this is a proper film. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is cinema. The right. way this looks and feels, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I'm like, man, I I wish I were watching this in a theater. Right. You know, I, I've liked several of the movies we've seen. Um, streaming that are new, you know, but this is the only one that it was just really felt like a theatrical mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And then, of course, the acting. Uh, Delroy Lindo gives a powerhouse uh, performance, uh, and then Clark Peters uh, does as well. Uh, and I mean, every, everybody I think is good, but those two in particular um, are just um, excellent. And then, you know, has commentary on. Um, you know the Vietnam War and then race relations then and now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't have its faults, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's my favorite movie of the year so far. So there's a lot of greatness in that movie. Um, I, I was one of those probably that found fault with the meandering, what I consider to be kind of a meandering plot and some wasted opportunities to develop some other characters. But um, you're right, it is very well made and looks great. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good choice. Thank you. <laughs> and I uh, don't know what the rest of the year is going to bring. I really don't. You know, usually, uh, sort of like a normal year, I'd be paying attention to the, you know, theatrical release calendar, and I could rattle off all these movies that are going to be coming out in the rest, right. of the second half of the year, and what I was looking forward to. But yeah, everything's kind of thrown into chaos, and um, movies keep getting pushed back. Even Tenet, which I know Christopher Nolan really wants to come out in theaters ASAP but it's you know it was pushed back from I think early July then to late July and then to now it's in August and I at this point with um, a lot of states that have reopened seeing large spikes in coronavirus cases I I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking we're not going to see for the most part major theatrical releases for the rest of the year it's very possible yeah I hope that's not true but, well, yeah, I mean, and even if they do open, how comfortable are we going to be going to actually see them? Mm-hmm. So one of our favorite theaters is um, in St. Louis. It's called The High Point. We've seen lots of, lots of really good movies there. Yes. And it's been closed like every other theater has been. But, you know, they just announced on social media that they're reopening um, um, uh, today. And as a matter of fact, when, and that they're going to be showing Cinema Paradiso. And I saw that, and I'm like, see, I'm not going to risk my health for an old movie. I mean, you and, you and I have been to um, one of the local drive-ins yeah. to see um, an older movie. What was that movie we saw? Twister. Twister, yes, Twister. Now, that is where you're in your car. 
And then, you know, you get up and you can, everyone was, was keeping good social distance. And if you were walking around, you wore a mask. And even in line at concessions, everyone was keeping, you know, six feet apart. So I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But indoors, you know, um, I have been heavily debating to myself whether or not I will come, go see Tenet at the theater. Um, of actually leaning toward yes. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure though. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel, you know, totally comfortable about it either. Yeah. But I mean, I've been looking forward to that movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, life is a gamble, right? <laughs> I mean, I was reading somewhere in an article talking about the pandemic and it was very, it was a data-driven article and it was also very uh, level-headed and it said, you know, hey, keep your distance, wear masks when, you know, if you're not going to be able to keep your distance and, um, wash your hands, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it also said, you know, life is more than just being alive. Mm -hmm. It's also what you're doing with your life and, Mm -hmm. and experiences and doing, you know, so just simply keeping yourself in bubble wrap and not doing anything is not necessarily a life. Mm -hmm. Um, So to that point, yes, I'm considering seeing a new movie like Tenet. Um, but some old movie, <laughs> a movie that I can watch on streaming, yeah. uh, I will stay home for that, unfortunately. What if they started streaming Tenet? Now, I know that's not what Chris Nolan wants, mm-hmm. the director. He believes that this should be seen on a big screen. Yeah. But if they were to just release it, you know, for $20 on... Um, I would, I would uh, as much as I miss going to the movie theater, uh, I would uh, just go ahead and stream it and not go to the theater. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, thanks to again to everyone who's you know continues to listen to us and uh, our thoughts on movies and uh, um, hopefully the next half of twenty twenty will be at least a little bit better than the first. Let's hope. Knock on wood. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.